So good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Um, The song is very fitting this morning. God is with us as we know the word is with us. And what I'm going to talk about this morning is uh, the importance of the word. Now, I know um, we all know that everything about the Father and everything that we do is with the word, but we still don't get it as the body of Christ. And so... um, As I was praying, the the Lord was revealing to me a few things, and so I wanted to share them this morning. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the word, and we thank you, Lord, that the word is is the, uh, the reason that we are to walk in the realm of the spirit. Uh, and it is the way in which we get things done in the spirit. And so because you have created us a speaking spirit, we are able to speak your word and see it manifested in the natural. So, Father, as we learn uh, uh, that the supernatural is greater than time, we can realize and understand that we can draw from the supernatural, bring it into time, and it can be immediate. And so, Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of the word. We thank you for the anointing upon the word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. We thank you for the written word. We thank you for the word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So in 2023, is going to be a year of the word and the supernatural. Now, if you look up the number 20, that means redemption, and the word 23 means death. So, therefore, Proverbs 20.21 says, the tongue can speak words that bring life or death. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. So, 20 meaning redemption and 23 meaning death. We have a choice in 2023, and that is is to speak the word, see the word come to to, uh, fruitation, to be manifested, and to see the supernatural. So there's going to be a definite division coming between believers who are serious in their walk with the Lord. Anyone that will speak or say what he hears the Spirit say... Well, step over into the supernatural. And now this is what I heard the Lord say for 2023. There is no longer time to play church. It is time to be the church. It is time to be the church. A body of believers to operate out of love, power, authority, and dominion. For those that are really hungry, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out not only my blessings as I have promised, but newness of life. Now, newness of life is a resurrected life, and it talks about that in Romans 6, 1 through 23. And the resurrected life is the spiritual life walking in the life of Christ, are walking in the Spirit. Um, There's too many of us that are walking the majority of the time in the flesh, and we're not accomplishing uh, what we should accomplish as 
born-again believers. Okay, then the word goes on. Life is not to go on as usual. Today is a new day. I want to do a new thing today. So by faith, expect it. Look forward to it. And then he's saying, where are your bodies along or where are your bodies along with your soul? Are they sick, stressed, depressed, faceless? Where is your life in me? Or where is your life in you? Where is my life in you? I am alive. I am the light of the world. I need a body in the earth to speak through. A body whole, healed, free to love and give. If you are like the world, then who's going to listen to you? The people see themselves in you. They hear themselves in you. And this is why they think Christians are hypocrites. You are saying all the right words, but there is no evidence that it is working in and for you. You must be my example in order to change things. People must see. Not only hear, and this is the reason for the supernatural, they must see. So if you have ears to hear, then hear what the Spirit is saying to you today. The supernatural will only come to those who have established an intimate relationship with me. Those who are totally sold out and want to be my representatives in the earth. So the Lord is is, um, calling us out. And then he ends it. This is the total sum of the importance of my word. Believe and speak. And the word sum here means the whole or total reason for the word is to believe and speak so that you can walk in the spirit and you can walk in the supernatural. Without his words, we're walking or we're speaking uh, in, the, in the flesh and doing things according to the flesh. So in John 1, 3, it says, All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. So this is, is the importance of the word. The word created all things. So my message today is to encourage you, but also challenge you. We need to stop, look, and listen. Stop before we speak. Look to the Holy Spirit or the teacher for what words or what wisdom to speak. Listen to what he says and then speak the words that he tells you, not the words that you want to say, the words that he tells you because they are coming directly from the Father. So again in John 1.3, nothing is or was without the spoken word of God. So nothing is or was ever created without the spoken word. Second Corinthians 4.13, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak or therefore speak. So we have the same spirit 
And if we believe, we should also speak because that's what, what the Father did. He, he spoke the world into, consist, into, the, into being. He spoke man into being with words. Now, Philip says, this priceless treasure we hold so as to show that the splendid power of the spoken word belongs to God and not to us. We are handicapped on all sides, but we are never frustrated. We are puzzled, but never in despair. We are persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Every day we experience something of the death of the Lord Jesus so that we may also know the power of the life of Jesus in these bodies of ours. We who are living are always being exposed to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be plainly seen in our mortal lives. We are always facing death, but this means that you know more and more of life. Our faith is like that mentioned in the scripture. I believed and therefore I spoke. So the spoken word is one of the most important things in our walk in, uh, in the spirit. So who is the word? We know in John 1.1. 1, 1, it says, in the beginning before all time was the word Christ, and the word was with God. And the word was God himself. And of course, the scripture is self-explanatory. The word is Christ or the anointed one, God himself. So when we speak his word, the angels go forth to perform it. Now, the Greek word for word here is logos, meaning any kind of communication. It could also be translated message or the written word. So uh, in the world, the word is used more as communication. And it can be also used as a message. But in the spirit, uh, the written word is, is more or less translated the power to create. It describes Jesus Christ who was sent to earth as a human being to redeem mankind. He was also the one the Father chose to tell the world about himself. In other words, everything that Jesus did on earth revealed the Father. He even said he didn't say anything unless he heard the Father say it. And so the people of the Bible times knew the Father because of what Jesus said and what Jesus did. He was that perfect example. So the word is a seed. In 1 Peter 1.23, it says, You have been regenerated or born again, not from a mortal original seed or sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. So the whole uh, creation was set up as seed time and harvest. You plant a seed and you will receive the harvest. So the Greek word for seed is actually sperm. And we all understand the word 
sperm in the world. We know a male's sperm is in, in need for reproduction. So the sperm of a man or seed of things must be planted or placed. If it isn't a, a human being being born, then the seeds of whatever it is that we have need of has to be planted in soil. And the soil is the one that brings forth the creation of the seed. It is the creation of life or living things in the world. Now, in Luke 8, 11, it says we have the story of the parable of the sower, and we're all familiar with the narrative regarding the different grounds that seeds need to fall upon and what ground it takes to produce a harvest. Well, this is true in both kingdoms. But in the Spirit, John 6.63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So the word seed that the Spirit speaks is alive and it will produce any and all life. So if we want to produce life in the earth, in any way, shape, or form, we have to speak what the Spirit says or we have to speak what the Word of God says if we want it to produce for us. And words may look uh, lifeless and powerless. When you look at the Bible, they may look like they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have anything, you know, but seeds also do too. If you look at a seed, it doesn't look like it has the ability to make uh, corn seed doesn't look like it has the ability to make a big um, stalk of corn. <clears throat> However, because the word is God, his words are not without power. And we know that no matter what we speak and what we say, it's going to either bring life or death. And that's why we have to be careful what we say, because we do not want to produce more deaths. We already have enough of that. So there is really only one way to prove a seed is alive in the supernatural, and that is to speak it. Therefore, speaking God's word with your mouth is essential. If we do not speak the word of God, we're not going to see the things of the spirit come to pass. And we know that in the earth, uh, everything that God does, uh, he lets us know beforehand and also Everything that was created was prophesied in the Old Testament for the New Testament and the uh, arrival of Jesus to remove the sin nature from man. So everything in the earth has to be prophesied or spoken in order for it to come to pass. And sometimes it takes years for it to come to pass, but it has to be spoken. So somebody has to speak God's word, and that's why we have prophets and we have other people that are called into the prayer ministry to pray and speak the word of God so that uh, his plan and his purpose can come to a conclusion. So as we speak God's word, we are planting a seed in our heart for the harvest of the results we desire. Sometimes we speak the word, we don't really have the complete and full faith of the word, but as we continue to speak the word, it will drop down into our heart. And it will give us then the I know that I know that I know that this is going to work. So the seed of any kind is really supernatural. In the world, as the seed 
begins to grow, it will push up dirt, rocks, and all kinds of things. Weeds. Sometimes it'll just grow right over top of weeds. Just to get through the ground. It's almost like you can't stop it unless you step on it. You know, or you put a stone over it, or it doesn't get any water, or it doesn't get any sun. It just, and I've already seen, um, and I have even done this where I've tried to kill a plant. <laughs> kill one of those flowers that keep growing and growing and spreading and spreading. <clears throat> put a bunch of stones on it. And some of it will, some of the stones will kill it, but other stones, they'll come right out the side and it'll start growing up the side of the stone. So the only way to tell if a seed is growing in the natural is to actually dig it up or wait for a plant to appear. In the spirit, whatever the obstacle, God's word planted in your heart will also push away all hindrances, including unbelief. So if you plant it in your heart and you say it and you meditate on it until you get to believe it in your heart, it will push away um, stress, it will push away anxiety, it will push away depression, it will push away unbelief and you will get begin to know that you know that you know that this is true. The seed will begin its grow in secret by faith. And why? Because we cannot see words. They're containers of power. The seeds are a power to produce life. And in the spirit, we cannot see them. But we plant them, we say them, and we expect by faith to see the results. Our word seed is believed and we keep believing until we see, of course, the results are the manifestation of. We keep believing. We keep believing. We don't stop believing. We don't say, I didn't receive it. I still have the pain. I still am poor. My bills are not paid. We keep believing until we see the results. Sometimes the manifestation doesn't come immediately. But we know that we have an enemy out there who's trying to keep us from receiving the blessing. And sometimes we need to fight the enemy with our continual uh, speaking uh, the truth of the word. Or maybe even the angels have to come and help us sometimes to fight the spiritual battle that's taking place. So we do not give up. Therefore, either in the natural or the spiritual, a seed never goes up. It will keep trying and keep trying and keep trying because um, it wants to live. It wants to produce life. Yet a seed will stop growing without nourishment. We know that in the natural it has to have sun, it has to have water, uh, and it has to be... like in the parable of the sower, it has to be planted in good ground. And it is the same thing in, in the spiritual. We have to, to say the word and then we have to add our faith to it, continually add our faith to it, continually uh, speak it, continually say it. And, and more and more I'm learning about um, 
the meditating of the word and the uh, seeing it done in the spirit. If you see it done in the spirit, you can have it. So you meditate on the word until you see it yourself having it, till you see yourself being healed or you see yourself uh, having it manifested in your life. And then that will give you the strength to hang on to it until you receive it. So we must protect and care for the seed until harvest time, uh, again, in both kingdoms. So the more seeds we plant, of course, the greater the harvest. I remember when I was a kid, my grandma always used to get a couple extra uh, seed, the little seed envelopes because she'd plant them in the garden. And she'd say, okay, now you, you take these, you plant them wherever you want to plant them, and then you watch them grow, but you're going to have to take care of them, you know. So I'd take the whole package, and I'd put them in, in one place. And, you know, and I'd water it, and I'd watch over them, and all of a sudden they'd all come up at one time. And then, because there was so many in one place, one is going to die here and one is going to die there because they got no place. They got no oxygen. They can't grow so I, I finally realized, well, I start picking them out. You know, I pick out some of the seeds so that the other ones would have more room. And then I finally realized, well, you just plant maybe one, two, or three and see how they do. And if they don't, you know, then just plant a few more. But I finally learned, and, I, and as a kid, I thought that, just, that this was just awesome how you plant these in the, in the ground. And all of a sudden, this little thing comes up. <laughs> So in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, uh, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's also in the natural. I remember when we were, uh, we were planting corn. You can't just plant one kernel uh, every five inches, because what happens if it doesn't come up? Sometimes the kernels die if they're... Uh, if they're not fully matured when when you uh, harvest them, or if they got um, harmed in some way while you were while while you had them in in a bag, or they got wet, or they got something so that they wouldn't germinate. But it's the same thing in the spirit. We have to sow with our mouth, and we sow with the word by saying that you have whatever it is that you're asking God to have. You can, you can use thanksgiving and praise to enforce it, or you can just say, I thank you that I have whatever it is that you have asked for. So then why is the word of God so important? Well, everything that God does on the earth, he does by his word and spirit. We were created by his word and spirit. Everything he does for us is is by and through the word and spirit. So everything will be accomplished by the word. Therefore, our attitude to the word of God will determine what God will accomplish in our lives. So if you're not enthused about the word, if you don't think the word is important, if you don't want to read the word, if you don't want to study the word, well, there's not going to be a whole lot that happens in your life because he doesn't do anything in your life outside of the word. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not seen, made of things which are visible. 
So God really framed the whole world with words. Now in the Hebrew, frame means imagination. Now God imagined the creation of the earth. He had it all in his mind and in his thoughts. He knew exactly what he was going to do, when he was going to do it, how he was going to do it, when he was going to speak it, what he was going to say. And he spoke it. Now, in the Greek frame means to put in order. So after he imagined what he was going to create, he put it all in order. So the heavens and the earth were put in order and brought to completion through the command of God and his word. So our lives are like an outline or a blueprint. A blueprint will note every detail in order. Then the builder sees everything in the house in his imagination. He imagines the bathroom, the kitchen, the bedrooms, the garage. And then he places every detail of the finished imagination or framework on the blueprint so that when the builder starts to build a house, the builder can follow the blueprint in every detail and make everything in order. So God imagined man in his image and likeness and then spoke man into existence. So he already knew what man was going to look like. He said, I'm going to make him in my image and likeness. And so then when it came time, he spoke the word, and then in Genesis he used a little ground and whatever else, and he made man. So let's just look at these few scriptures about the word. Uh, there's not, There's only a couple of them. In Psalms 119.11 it says, How sweet! Are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth? In Psalms 119.103, it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I may not sin against you. In Psalms 119.148, the psalmist speaks of staying awake through the night, meditating on the word of God. And in Jeremiah 15, 16, it says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. This is one of the things that we should do. We should eat the word. You know, we have to eat food three times a day in order to stay alive. Well, in the spirit, we have to eat the word or we have to digest the truth of it in order to live in the realm of the spirit. In Job 23, 12, it says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessity or my necessary food. So he treasures the word more than food. Now these scriptures are a good attitude about the word of God. Because the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. They shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, meaning 
You have to speak his word for it to be able to create whatever it is that you have need of. Now, these precious words show honor and high regard for the word of God, and we need to go over them time and time again to realize that the word is so precious, and we need to honor it. So if you believe it, receive it, and it will work effectively in you. And that's the word of God in the first Ephesians 2.13. So we are to value the word of God as one who finds a great treasure. And we know uh, that in Psalms 119 it talks about um, valuing the word as a treasure. Remember in Matthew 22.29, Jesus told the Sadducees that they didn't know the scriptures or the power of God. Well, we have to know both. The word know here means intimacy. Intimacy brings revelation of who Christ is and what he has given to us. If we don't know who Christ is, if we don't know who we are in him, if we don't know what he has provided for us, then how can we live and walk in the realm of the Spirit like Jesus did? So what the Word of God is for ourselves, it is, in Romans 1.16, the power to salvation. These are just a few things that we need to grasp. In Romans 10.14-15, through 15, it says, Nobody can be saved without receiving the Word of God, either by hearing or reading it. The word is our access to the life of God. It talks about that in Philippians 2.16. It calls the word of God the word of life. Hold tightly to the word of life. The word is nourishment for spiritual growth. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Pure milk for newborn babes and solid food for mature believers. It also mentions that in Corinthians and Hebrews. The word protects against sin in uh, the scripture in Psalms again, your word is hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. If we hide the word in our heart and we think and meditate on it and speak it, we're not going to sin. The word is a cleansing agent. In Ephesians 5.26, it says Jesus sanctified and cleansed the church with the washing of water. How? By the word. The word gives direction in life. Again, Psalms 119, your word is a lamp to my feet, light to my pathway. What would we do if we didn't have a light to our pathway? But the word gives it. If we speak the word, the word will dispel all darkness, and we will have a light and a path to walk in. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's in Romans 10:17. The more the word of God you hear, the more faith you access. The word gives genuine hope. Psalms 119.11, you are my hiding place, my shield. I hope in your word. The word is the key to good success. We know Joshua 1.8, regular meditation on the word of God and consistent confession day and night plus obedience will give you good success in life. 
The word has power to heal and deliver. Psalms 10720. He sent his word and heals them and delivers them from their destruction. This is our healing scripture from the Old Testament. And we can also do this. We can send his word to other people and they can be healed and they can be delivered. The word gives victory. It has creative power. We see that in Genesis 1 where the word of God created everything, of course, that God made. He said, let there be and there was. The word of God is the sword of the spirit in Ephesians 6.17 and in Revelation 12.11. It says the believer, believers overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It is a sword against the enemy. The word is a more pure word of prophecy. You find that in 2 Peter 1.19. None of the words of God shall go unfulfilled, also in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. God's promises are in his word. God cannot lie. He will do as he has promised us. You know, we see that in Numbers, Hebrews, and Titus. The word believers... The word believers preach is reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.19 If we are a born-again believer, then we have, we all have, the ministry of reconciliation. We want to reconcile those that are lost back to what they were originally created to have or attain. We, we were separated because of the sin of Adam and Eve, and so we have to be reconciled back to the Spirit of God. So now to conclude the importance of the word, God expects us to cultivate a positive attitude and reverence for his word. We have to listen to it, study it, meditate on it, confess it, be a doer of it, not a hearer only, and of course, obey it at all costs. We need to not just hear it, but obey it. And I find even in myself, sometimes I'm telling somebody else what the word says, and I find out in areas that I don't even do it sometimes. So we need to obey it at all costs. When we know or understand the truth, we can do the same works that Jesus did. So we need the revelation of the word in order to prophesy uh, the end of God's um, dispensation. Therefore, the sum or totality of all power and blessings in God's kingdom is obedience to the word. That's found in James 1.25. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. In Isaiah 1.19. So I will close with nine important things for us personally to understand and remember about the word. Now, if you look at the number nine up, it means the fruit of the Spirit. So we, if we will acknowledge these nine guidelines, we can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. God's Word sustains us in Matthew 4.4. 4. The Word of God purifies us. That's in Proverbs, John 15, and John 17. The Bible soothes and comforts us. Thessalonians. The 
The Bible strengthens our bond with God. That's found in Psalms 145. The Word of God leads to spiritual growth. It's found in 1 Peter. God's Word is life. Found in John 6. Spiritual warfare is one with God's Word. That's in Ephesians 6. 10 through 18. God's word is powerful to fight sin. Psalms 119.11. God's word brings blessings. Luke 11.28. So why is the word of God important? The word is God. We as his children have been given the power, the authority, and the dominion in the earth to be a carrier and speaker of his creative word. If we honor and respect the word, we will be God's prophetic voice in the earth. And if, and if you didn't get anything out of this message, I want you to know that we are God's prophetic voice in the earth. Now that doesn't mean you have to prophesy or have to hear a word from the Lord prophetically and then speak that. That means you can speak the written word, you can speak the words that the Holy Spirit gives you, but they have to be spoken in order to be accomplished in the earth. And so as we pray, and we pray according to the way of the Spirit, each of us has our part in becoming that prophetic word in not only um, sharing salvation with those that are lost, but healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching, teaching, whatever it is that Jesus did, and we know that he did everything, including the supernatural, we can walk in it. And so if we're willing to use the word, if we're willing to speak the word, we can walk in the supernatural. And those that are, we are speaking to or, or uh, come in contact with, with, they need to see the evidence of what we're saying. We cannot see salvation. We cannot see when we become born again. There's nothing to see. There could be a change in your life. Others may not see it right away because we're ignorant of the word. They may see your joy and your peace, which is good. But they need to see Christ in you. They need to see that you've been healed. You need to be able to share that I've had this, but God healed me. You need to share that I've had financial bondages, but now I'm blessed. They need to see that it works in your life. Otherwise, they don't want it. It's like, well, you're telling me something you don't even have. And I see so many Christians that are called into evangelism and their life is an absolute mess. Their financial issues are tremendous. They're sickly. And people look at them and, and, and they, they, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, well, this isn't working in your life. Why are you telling me about this? You know, we need to be the example of Christ in the earth. And the only way that we can do that is if we choose to wholly follow him, speak the word, and be willing 
to walk in the realm of the Spirit. So, Father, we thank you for this message, and we thank you, Father, that it is a reminder that we need to quit playing church. We need to get serious about our relationship. We need to get serious about the plan and the purpose that you have for us, and we need to begin to accept it and walk in it so that we can uh, fulfill it and do our part in the kingdom. We know that in your word you say that we're all a part of the body of Christ. Each one of us have a a specific uh, uh, duty, and we uh, we have been given specific anointings. We've been given specific gifts, and we need to be using these gifts and these anointings for your purposes, that we may glorify you. Everything that you have given us is in us already. So we don't need to ask to walk in the glory of God. The glory of God is already inside us. We need to know how to draw it out. And we draw it out by speaking your word, believing and believing until we see it come to pass. So, Father, we thank you for placing this message on the tablet of our hearts so that the Holy Spirit has something to recall in a time of need, to keep recalling it until we literally get it down in our heart and begin to walk in the realms of spirit. So we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Father, for your plan and your purpose. We glorify you. We worship you. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.